0: Hello, and welcome to 26 and Under, the anime podcast where we talk about an anime that is 26 episodes or under. Uh, this week, our, it, this is I am your host, Matt, and joined with me is only... Rob. Yeah, we had some uh, stuff come up and couldn't get everybody for recording, so it's just me and Rob today. Uh, this week, uh, it was my pick for what we were watching and I chose cashern sins the 2009 2000, the 2008 2009 uh, reboot of a tatsunoko classic Kashan, um, that talks that puts the characters in a theoretical future hellscape where if cash instead of being a human human or cyborg uh, was instead a full robot that works for the villains and uh, caused the end of humanity.
1: This was supposed to be a palate cleanser.
0: It was. I watched a really good show instead of watching a really bad show. Henry got it. Rob Robert got it.
1: I am so depressed after
0: watching this series. <laughs> yeah. I hate you. I like depressing shows. What do you want from me? I really like well-written, dark, dreary uh, settings and characters that are effectively being going through the states of humanity and the struggles of being human. Is a really cool concept that I really like when it is done well.
1: And this show was done really, really well. Yeah. But I hope the degenerator doesn't give us something dark and dreary again.
0: Uh probably shouldn't. I don't know. There's a lot on there. You're right. Uh so what was your opinion, your first opinions of the anime, Robert or Rob?
1: Uh, my roommate and I watched it together and my first thing was like Matt said this was supposed to be a palate cleanser how is this a palate cleanser
0: yeah I cleared the bad taste out of my mouth and then
1: mouth. I yelled at you what am I watching this is a palate cleanser Matt
0: yeah I cleanse my palate of the bad with good
1: I hate you after that made sense <laughs> after you explained that yeah. I then was all sold on the anime, but this is not one that I could like binge. I I've binged this one a few times. I also watched this one when it was weekly. Weekly sounds more palatable to me.
0: <laughs> uh it was really good weekly. But I like uh I also like the binge watch because there's certain things that you just forget over weekly watchings. Mm -hmm. that uh watching it all in one go uh helps you remember especially when it's like callbacks to episode like the dune episodes where it's like they're so far spread apart over weekly periods you might forget that who that character even is
1: yeah i mean i did that one in the span of the week that i watched the series i uh took me a few moments to realize who
0: dune was yeah when he showed back up Uh, so, all in all, positive, or?
1: All in all, positive.
0: Okay. Uh, that is similar to how I am. Uh, this wasn't my first time watching it, obviously, I've watched it many times before, but I, unlike previous times where I've chosen anime that I've watched many times before, namely, uh, the other dark depressing post-apocalyptic world one which was a uh, sunday without god uh this one still felt like it held up to what i remembered of the series and uh it felt just as good as when i watched the first few times uh and this is also me watching it with a little bit more context as to the original source material as opposed to Uh, when I first watched it and I just thought it was its own original thing and didn't know that it was a, uh, dark retelling of a, or a dark reboot of a series that was back in the 70s. I'm going to click on that and double check that. Yeah, 1970s was when Cash On was around. So yeah, uh... I guess with uh, our opinions having been said, let's move on to the characters, starting with the titular character, uh Cashern.
1: uh Cashern is a robot who doesn't remember anything from more than a few minutes before the series starts. Yes. Uh, he is apparently the one who caused the, uh, or he's... Claim to be the one who caused the uh, ruin, which is the version of the apocalypse that is happening on this version of Earth. Uh, and most of the robots that have heard of him think that if they eat him, they no longer succumb to the ruin, which looks like a rust leprosy disease.
0: Yeah, because uh, the problem with robots in the... Civilization that they had were they were effectively immortal and didn't know what it was to die. Mm-hmm. So uh, the catalyst that was the ruin and the be and the uh, and and the feeling of the ruin is well we have to give these immortal beings the feeling of death. So the easiest way with robots is to have them rust over time and rust in varying degrees of. Uh, levels so like some characters don't rust nearly as fast as like the char- the giant big old muscly robot that's obviously just a jobber yeah that's like half rust meanwhile this character that looks like a human being isn't rusted at all
1: yeah uh but his entire thing is Figuring out who he is, overcoming the fact that he lost his memory and kind of has a berserk button. Yeah. And then just dealing with all the people that he meets throughout until, I'd say what, about half the anime is just him, just
0: weird little side stories. Uh, It was, I was actually talking with Henry about this last night. It was episode 11 I believe is, or no, it's like episode 10 or 11 is when the plot just starts moving. It doesn't, and like, it takes like two episode detours from that point on, but the plot is constantly moving forward at that point.
1: Yeah. Once we realize some things that we'll, uh,
0: yeah, once talk we're about a little bit later, I think it's once you get the first introduction to Dio and, uh, what's her, what's his, what's her face? Uh, Leda. Uh, yeah, Leda. Once you get once those two and Breaking Boss appear in the storyline, it just keeps moving forward as a actual plot. It doesn't do as many of those small side stories as you got in the first like half. half-ish.
1: It's not until Breaking Boss appears. Dio and Leda are one of the side stories to start with. There. They show up and then. You know that they're going to be a thing sometime during the series, but the actual what ends up being the ultimate plot doesn't start for at least another four or five episodes after you see them
0: that's fair uh we also we jumped off of the cashier in the uh talk, but uh was there anything about his character or personality that uh He's a really good blank slate
1: character, uh, like someone to build on. Cause you know that's what that's why you have an amnesia character is so you can yeah. build their personality with the audience, as opposed to jumping into something. Uh, I think they actually did a really good job with him. Uh, he's not as bleak as what could have been from this series, from this situation that he's in, uh, and. He makes for a very interesting protagonist.
0: Okay, uh, I definitely like this. Uh, with the context of they just took kind of the idea of the '70s super like robot superhero and put him in a darker series. Because like all in all, like he is pretty much the cutout from the series, except for instead of. Well, I'm doing this for the good of mankind and everything. He kind of doesn't know what what he's doing in this dark apocalyptic yeah. setting. And everybody wants to kill him for some reason. Because he caused it. Yeah. Also, he's immortal. Also, if you eat him, you become immortal. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh so, after him, or after our t- titular character, we have... The second character we're introduced to, which is Lyuse, false.
1: Oh, fine. The second character we're introduced to is, is Ringo, because she wakes up Casher. Yeah.
0: but we're gonna do. But I'm going down in the order of. Yeah. The, the Wikipedia page. So mm-hmm. Lyuse, who is uh, the uh, she's a female robot that her sister was injured when Casher uh, caused the ruin to occur by killing the robot Luna. And, uh, the, and her sister ended up dying. And, and the last thing her sister said was to go kill Cashern to her. And her character arc is very interesting because she changes from the opinion of I must avenge my sister and everything to realizing that Kashern, the Kashurn that she wants revenge on doesn't exist. That the Casteron that she wants the, the revenge on is a Casteron that isn't the Casteron that we know. Yeah.
1: The Cash that killed Luna is no longer here.
0: Yeah. We have uh, we have new Casteron who is more of a blank slate and willing to and willing to protect the weak and all that and not just a murderous killing machine. Because if he was, she probably would have just, like, killed him.
1: Yeah. Though he is kind of a murderous
0: killing machine for a little bit. Yeah, when when, when he's still having problems with the going berserk thing. Yeah. How did you feel about Luzé? Uh
1: Eventually I liked her. Uh, early on, there was a lot of... This is just this typical revenge story going on. And then at one point it was she does that whole I'm not going to attack you now because you're injured I want to defeat you while you're at 100% thing it's like you're clearly in love with him just go bone (laughs) robots they can't just go monkey wrench (laughs) bolt I don't know (laughs) what do you want from me they have emotions yeah they look like peoples yes I don't understand that
0: uh, it's mainly because that's the uh, they are androids effectively and it's a, it's effectively a level of technology that we don't think about because it's far in advanced like yeah. what hu- humans created robots to be pretty much in their image to the point that to us watching it it's indistinguishable you, like even the characters because we'll get to it with Ringo some of the characters can't tell when somebody's a human or a robot from a first glance. And it's very easy to hide a human within, within robots. Yeah. Because of how close, uh, some robots are to be, to looking human.
1: Yeah. Now, Zay ended up being a worthwhile character. Eventually once, once she was finally past that whole, I need to take revenge thing. And once learned, yeah, yeah uh she ended up being one of the more likable characters in the series
0: i feel like that's the once we finally got to have all the characters in one group instead of all right cash off with Fender fighting things occasionally runs into this character occasionally runs into this character when mm-hmm. we finally got them all to just walk in a in a group here's the five five, <laughs> five characters
1: <laughs> they're going all this direction they're traveling together.
0: Yay! Plot! Yeah. <laughs> once we once we hit that point is when uh, Liu Zay starts not feeling as annoying. Yeah. And that's also when we get a lot more of her character being built up. Uh, so, next up, uh, we ta- uh, we talked about her a little bit already, but there, we have Ringo, who is a young human girl who befriends Kashurn, but uh, her effective father figure uh, hides her within robots by putting like a little bit of scrap on her head to make the robots think that she's a robot because if they think because some robots are very hate hatred her, have a lot more hatred towards humans than other robots and would uh, probably kill her a lot faster
1: yeah uh
0: Ringo's the best.
1: Yeah, Ringo was by far and away my favorite part of the entire series. Uh, she is way, way too bright for this world. Way too chipper. Uh, she is all sunshine almost all the time. Like the two or three parts in the series where she actually is breaking down. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god. Those damn near destroyed me.
0: Uh, Ringo is... So, like, I think most of the time when you get these style of stories, you have the one character that is the Ringo. A lot of the times, actually, with uh, the light novel versions of these, that's the main character. Is the character who's pure and innocent and the super ray of sunshine. Mm -hmm. Um... You weren't here for it, but we did one—the one that I referenced earlier, which was uh, Sunday Without God." The main character is very much the same thing as Ringo, ah. and I think, I think this proves that it's better to have that characters in a supporting role than in the, like, or not, not the focal point of the story, but in a, a supporting role, a supporting role, because, uh when you walk into three ta or when you go three episodes of a character watching all kinds of just messed up crap and they're still being the sunny happy cheerful person it's like
1: it's not believable anymore yeah <laughs> like
0: meanwhile Ringo she's not experiencing a lot of those dark moments
1: yeah she's what four or five yeah uh the start of the series and uh she doesn't see a lot of kashrin's fights og uh who's uh, probably the next character we talk about uh og is her father figure and protects her from a lot of that like he prevents her from dealing with these things uh he's the first he's the first person to kind of kick kashrin out kick him on his way being like nah you're going to be drawing problems here I can't have my daughter exposed to that stuff. Yeah. OG is great. Uh, so Ringo doesn't have to experience as much of the brutalness that is Katrin's existence.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's also just the point of all her age does ca- mm-hmm. hazard a factor. Because it's like a four-year-old might not understand some of the subtleties as to what's going on when she sees a bunch of destroyed robots. Mm-hmm. And it could be that those destroyed robots were just a big a big angry mob attacking Cashern, or they were a bunch of robots that realized that Cashern was Cashern and decided to try to eat him. Yeah. Instead of living their peaceful lives. Uh so we brought him up already, so let's just move right on to OG uh oG is a mechanic robot uh he he is the father figure guardian for ringo uh he's very wise for an old man like he immediately looks at casher and goes no we're not following him we can't follow him he's gonna he's going to lead us to our deaths if we follow him in the very beginning uh and rightfully so if they had followed him another episode they probably would have ended up dead due, due to him oh yeah um and og's kind of og thinks of ringo first and everything else second which is a very which is both a flaw and a positive for him because while he sometimes won't listen to Ringo when she's saying no I don't want to do the thing that you th- that seems like it's the right thing and he's like no it's the right thing we're going to have you do it and then it's pretty obvious that it's a bad idea but at the same time when she's like oh I want to go follow Cashin and he's like no no you're five you're not following a Cashin around unless unless we have a unless i have a guarantee that Cashern will not end up killing you
1: <laughs> and that takes a
0: while yeah like that takes almost to episode 16 before he's finally willing to let her go for a bit without him and with Cashern mm-hmm. uh so how how so? You said you said a little bit about he's great. Do you have anything else you want to say about him, as a character?
1: Uh, he's he makes for a really great mentor figure, because uh, he does give Kasher advice even in that very first part. Like he clearly feels for Kasher's position, while knowing that Ringo is his primary response or his primary reasoning. Yeah. Like. Concern. Ringo is his primary concern, uh, but he doesn't like the fact that he has to separate her from and who she clearly likes, uh, and who is clearly a decent person who just has the few problems that he's got going on, most of which aren't his fault.
2: Yeah. Well, uh...
1: Most of which aren't... He, most of which he doesn't bring on him.
0: <laughs> most of which are not caused by the decisions
1: he is understood. Yeah,
0: it's decisions <laughs> that he has he is making right now. They are decisions that the past him made, not the present him. Yeah. All right. So finally, for our main cast of characters, we have Frender, who is. The companion dog to Cashern, uh, effectively he is the rush to Cashern's Mega Man. Uh, he he is quite literally like the so the original friender is very much the archetype for man's best friend in this in like a superhero setting. Like you put him in, you've got Cashern, you've got him, they fight side by side they're like they're both equally as strong and everything like that and in this one uh the setup for Frender is Friender is is cautiously following uh Cashurn after what after his introduction because of he, he was told to follow to follow him by his old master and uh He's like okay, but he did kill everyone <laughs> that I loved. Yeah. Uh So, how did you feel about our dog, our robo dog? Um,
1: he's cool. Like there's the uh, his his introduction episode is just depressing. Like it's it Emphasizes just how bleak and miserable the world and Kashrin's situation is. Yeah. And then the episode that after that is kind of a bright spot, weirdly. Even though it is also a very bleak episode. But Friender kind of... It's when Friender accepts Kashrin Yeah, as the master. And then Friender... Is just there the rest of the series? I felt
0: well. The only other episode where Friender really has moments is the one where they meet the android traveling with the humans. Uh, that it's like episode. It's after they've got. No, they don't have views. a as part of the as part of the like traveling party yet. I don't believe. But yeah, it's like Cashern was trapped underneath a giant robot or whatever mm-hmm. that he had felled, and they and Frender is found by these people, and what the one of the androids is like completely untouched currently by the ruin, like Frender, and they try to and they rescue Cashern and yeah. all that stuff. But that's a like Frender doesn't get a whole lot of episodes because one of the problems with Frender is Frender don't talk. Yeah. yeah, he is. He is a. He is a. He's a dog. He's a dog. Um, interestingly enough, one of the few characters that didn't die by the, end of the series, or didn't end up in either death or a more depressing state than than start, because Frender and Frender ended uh, just as good of a boy as he was at the beginning. Yeah. Alright, so we have a few reoccurring characters. Any ones that you really want to put out?
1: Thought it was a reoccurring character? Surprise, it's Dio.
0: Okay, so we'll talk about <laughs> Dio.
1: So, uh, I just kept making that joke every time he showed up.
0: That's fair. <laughs> uh, so Dio, not to be confused with the JoJo's Dio, is uh, effectively the Proto-Man to Mega-Man. He's the. Uh, he's, he's basically
1: cashern's twin.
0: Yeah, he's the second Cashern, but because but he's always in the shadow of Casher.
1: Yeah, he, he's supposed to have identical specs, identical abilities. Yeah. Uh, he says he can beat Casher, and especially early on when Cashern doesn't remember ninety percent of his abilities. Yeah. Uh, and complains about always being in cashern's shadow. Which he kind of remains in Cassian's shadow until
2: the very end. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Like, he does just enough to actually differentiate himself. uh, To give himself a personality outside of, I must defeat my rival. Yeah. uh, At the very end. And I thought that was, like, his... I'm always a sucker for redemptions. And his redemption was just barely there, but was really strong. Yeah. Uh, I also like the fact that the two of them and the L- Leda were built by OG.
0: Oh, yeah. All all three of them were. Yeah. Uh, they were all three built by OG as a means to try to give robots the abil- the same Ability that humans have, which was reproduction. Yeah. Which is why they are a lot more human-like than even, like, some of the more human-like robots.
1: Yeah. Because uh, Katrin was built to go kill Luna and then Dio well, and...
0: They, they were all created to first try to be able to be robots that can procreate. But then uh, afterwards it was, oh, we they couldn't actually do it. So they ended, so they just went, oh, well, they are super high, they're super high uh, combat models. So you, you're all going to be my assassins and, uh, Kashan, go kill Luna is kind of how that went. Yeah. Um, so I guess since we are, since we brought that up, we should probably talk about Bright King Boss, who is effectively our quote unquote antagonist
1: kind of he never really feels like it he actually feels like uh, support for everything except kind of the very last episode
0: well like I would i I always saw him as the antagonist when I watched him including and when I watched this including this one because every time he's directly in the in the episode with uh the main cast so when he's around cashern He's always trying to push Cash or- Cashorn back into old Cashorn. He's always trying to push him yeah. towards killing and killing being his only option as opposed to all the other characters that are willing to accept Cashorn being the like more paragon good character that he that's is. That's fair. And so that's why it's always easy to see and especially since Bright King Boss is surprised the actual villain of the original cash earn. That makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense when you see him with his hat in the very end, when he puts on the definitely not bison hat and you're like, Oh yeah, you're, you were a seven, you're, you're a seventies anime villain. All right. You look just like, uh, all of them. You're a Sigma mixed with, (laughs) yeah, no, his,
1: his look is great. I think his is the best character design in the series uh
0: yeah i'd agree
1: like cashern is too simplistic and too
0: well the whole point yeah he, yeah his
1: he's that superhero character he, from the 70s yes they,
0: they kept they kept every character who was who came back from the original series the exact same so cashern is the exact same character design he was in the 70s hmm Frienders the exact same character design he is in the 70s. Briking, really?
1: yeah. Cuz Frienders design looks dope.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, that's why they didn't change it. That's fair. Uh Briking boss, sick, like he's just wearing a cloak 90% of the time, but mm-hmm. uh Dio and Leda, they're both from the uh from the original series if I remember right. I mean Dio is uh, clearly
1: just the anti casher Yeah, like-
0: Luna... It was also from the original series, not not in the context of yes. this series. But, but the
1: character design
0: and character, yeah. Uh, she was the love interest in the original. That
1: tracks. Yeah. Uh, no, I think Breaking Boss, even compared to the new designs, like Breaking Boss's design was the most striking to me. Uh, like. Yeah, I can recognize him every time, even even though he is cloaked the way he is. Yeah. Like, you recognize him as soon as he's on screen, even if it's just the silhouette. Yeah. And, like, they do a really good job of making the Briking Boss present when he's
0: there. Yeah. I mean, like, the only time I was a little bit confused is when, is in, like, the final few episodes when he's in the graveyard Mm -hmm. and there's the person that almost looks like just a skinnier version of him. Yeah. But, like, other than that, like, I agree. Like, Briking Boss is very striking, and you, as soon as you see him the first time, like, in the cloak and everything, before he even introduces himself, you're just like, that's Breaking Boss, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's like, this is a, this is a major player.
0: (laughs) And then he says who he is, and you're like, oh, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Uh... So I guess we, we finish this out by talking about the last like major reoccurring character, which would be Luna. Yeah. So Luna is the character that uh Cashin killed to start the ruin, but because she is immortal, he he she he she did not stay dead. It is not explained exactly if it was just he caused enough damage to make it appear like she died or what. But um she effectively is the catalyst that caused yeah. the ruin, and uh, after the ruin is now tr- some uh person that is apparently able to bestow immortality.
1: Yeah, uh, one of the things you find out about her, which was really interesting, was before the ruin, before Kashron killed her, her job was to kill people. people. Yeah, like uh, humanity had found the ability to be immortal. And robots were obviously already immortal, so they would come to her to die. Yeah, when and they
0: when they tired of their immortality.
1: Kashern killing her reversed her power set. And
0: or I think it's more along the lines of she learned that there was more to her power set than what she thought, because hmm. uh, because what she found through Kashern killing her, quote unquote. Is that uh, her blood did bestow an even greater immortality? Ah, because that's why Kassher doesn't suffer from anything is because of all the blood that he got on him when he killed her. Mm. Uh, and why he heals? Yeah, and why he heals and all that stuff. But he, uh, but we don't know the exact. Like again, we don't see the time frame where he became immortal. Yeah. So we have to just speculate like how it occurred, which is very which I like I like anime that give me a little bit of speculation as to how the thing occurred instead of just telling me.
1: Yeah. And I like that people like a lot of characters seem to think they know how things worked, but even once uh, they get to Luna, there's still not a clear cut. This is how the immortality stuff works. This is yeah. how she heals. This is what's going on. Because Leda also gets a shit ton of her blood on her. And it just yeah kind it, of makes everything worse for Leda.
0: Yeah. And I think part part of the thing that can be seen for that is the... Bestowing of the immortality on uh, Kashrin was what caused the uh, amnesia, mm-hmm. because as we can see, like there's a ton of suffering that comes along with the immortality that she bestows. Yeah, so it could have been just like a uh, a thing of the we bestowed the immortality, but the immortality does uh caused causes. So much suffering that if you can't take it, it's effectively just as bad as a death sentence.
1: Yeah. Uh, that or Cashion's like how Wolverine lost all of his memories. That's fair. Where? Just the part that kept his memories got destroyed and can't be regenerated to the exact. Uh,
0: yeah. Same specs. That that could be it too. All right, I think we've we've spent. We've spent a while talking characters. We are at 40 minutes. It's <laughs> just now. It's definitely longer done. than the last episode. Yeah. Uh. Uh, so, uh, let's move on to the actual plot, which the actual plot kind of doesn't start till the midpoint. Yeah. Um, if you want to talk about any episodes w- before that point, we should probably do that now.
1: The two Friender episodes, I think, are the most distinct. Uh so the frienders introduction is when we really learn about the whole berserk mode. Yeah. Uh cuz finds a
0: uh settlement. S- yeah.
1: Settlements around a, a church establishment thing where everybody comes there or all the robots come there to to die yeah. and everyone there accepts that they are going to be dying whereas most of the world is trying to find something trying to run away from the ruin they Yeah they seem aren't to- embracing it but they are accepting yeah their new reality until they find out who cashern is yeah and one of them suggests the rumor that if you eat cashern you become immortal and well maybe you should sacrifice yourself for the greater good and let's all go after cashern and cashern slays all of them and ends up slaying the the person, One or two people yeah. who are actually willing to defend him. or yeah.
0: Because he can't control himself at that point. Yeah. To stop the... He can't control whatever causes the Berserk thing to go off. Which is, I think, because he doesn't have full memory restored. Yeah. It just turns... It's just a switch that turns on. Um, the... The episode I want to talk about before we talk about possibly the second or an an episode I want to talk about, too, is the first episode that isn't with Ringo, where we get a human, the dude that's like dying from the lung disease. Yeah,
1: that's that's the other one I wanted to talk about that one. That's the first point where
0: I realized there were actually still humans alive. Well, so at the point that you watch it, you're like, oh, is this the last human? Because, like, we don't see humans. Yeah. And he seems to be talking like he's, like, the last one alive or, like, they're all dying of this, like, lung disease or whatever. hmm And it's, like, I felt like that was a very interesting episode just to watch because you get to see Kashorn. Kashorn's interacting with a person that's living a lot more freely even though he is dying. Oh, <laughs> like- yeah. <laughs> uh and it is a very very nice episode to watch i feel it's
1: like i said earlier it's this weird bright spot in the series where it's the first point where you see cashern has the ability to grow and change uh because he spends a fair chunk of time with this guy while they're just kind of traveling along and yeah. he hears his story he finds out that he's human like he Cashern doesn't even realize he's human for the first chunk of it uh, and cashier's attitude and everything changes throughout where you can see he's going to be a better character he's yeah. going to be a better person
2: yeah
0: all right so let's let's move into the actual meat and potatoes of the story so uh, what ends up coming about is they all, all, all of our characters learn that there's a person claiming to be Luna, uh, who is uh, set up in this town slash castle slash whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, she is apparently healing people. So OG decides to to take uh, uh, Ringo there, because Ringo is definitely having problems as the world is not hospitable. Yeah. There are certain places where she has to wear a breathing apparatus because it's hard to breathe. Uh the robots are definitely throwing her around. Like it is a wonder that she is not dead <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with Yeah. Like... With the with the way that the world is. Uh Liu Z knows that, that it can is assuming that's where is gonna go. Casher heard Luna and goes, Wait, but, but I, I guess killed you. I this this should give me some answers or something, and uh, so the whole group kind of collides at a point on their journey and uh, start traveling together. Mm-hmm. Um, we lose Og for a bit because we find the place that she was made in, Luna was made in, and some people and the people give him like material that was used to make Luna and he stay, decides to stay by to like study it and maybe figure out a way to like
1: replicate her ability.
0: Yeah, replicate the ability or what have you. Um so while he's doing that, the rest of them all make their way to Luna. And they get to Luna and they start seeing like these this line of pilgrim of, of pilgrimage people all going to Luna. And just robots effectively mur- like destroying each other to speed up the process of getting to Luna. But also not getting to Luna.
1: Yeah. Because anybody who gets destroyed, in it, like they seem to be taking the weakest of the robots to Luna. Yeah. Although, that's not a guarantee that they're going to get healed. In fact, it turns out to kind of be more of a death sentence yeah uh because luna
0: luna doesn't like the 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 smell of the ruin or something yeah, like she, that she doesn't
1: like the stench of death
0: yeah
1: uh and so if you're too far gone she's just like no go away yeah. get out of here uh, and you have to beg her to heal you even if you aren't
0: well yeah because she does as a character we really didn't talk about because he's only in like three episodes, uh, as Dune says, of a lot of the times when he talks about it, you, uh, we only take from the sun. The sun does not give. Yeah. So a lot of the times people are effectively forcing, and we see it a lot of times too. There, a lot of people are forcing themselves to take Luna. Yeah. Or forcing Luna to give them the thing. It is never just a Luna like pulls out a knife goes here's some blood, it's like, okay, puts out her hand, and then they have to, like, go in bite. bite it or however they want to go about getting the blood off of her. But she never herself...
1: She does it once
0: that we see? Yeah. I think it's the, the first time with... uh.
1: The second time with Leda.
0: No, because Leda cuts her hands in the second time.
1: Oh, that's what I was thinking of.
0: Yeah. The first time, I think it's uh she... Like, pricks her finger or something like that. I can't remember. Now Leda
1: just kind of bit.
0: Yeah, so, like, I don't think she's ever once on, that we've seen, willingly cut herself to mm-hmm. do something. It's always somebody else has to be the initiator on the damage. Um. And so, uh, what we learn is, she does bestow immortality, but it seems that after you gain the immortality, you kind of lose yourself because we see a whole town of people that she's fixed and they're just all bra- trying that to That was the
1: creepiest thing in the series this they sh-
0: zo- show
1: It's like a circus. One ro- yeah it's very much like a circus it's a Rakdos circus is what it is <laughs> uh, but there's this one robot who jumps off the building hits the ground breaks comes back together yeah and goes right up the stairs to do it again and you see him jump like four or five times yeah and that that image is seared into my mind
0: it's such a it is a very unsettling area and it makes you feel like if it's a good thing they are all saying no to this yeah because if they said yes they might we might not have the characters that we've grown to like. We they might lose something. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Og comes up and t- gives us the revelation of, well, uh, she kills people with her, or she the old Luna killed people with her yeah. power, and it and they go well. She's bestowing immortality. We can see it, and he tries to force Ringo and Liuze to go through with it because Liuze's rusting Mm -hmm. um and Ringo is definitely having problems with the environment that she's been taken through she's having problems uh and what they and this all uh collides with Dio and Leda coming in and effectively taking control of Luna's operation Mm mm-hmm but Leda wants to selfishly become immortal and fix her own ru- her own ruin, but the ability doesn't isn't exactly as prescribed prescribed, uh, and so she starts going crazier and crazier. And Dio gets worse. Yeah, and Dio just wants to fight Kashern. Like
1: yeah, Dio refuses to even go to Luna. Yeah, he just wants to fight Kashern. Which sure. Uh, he wants to fight Kashern before he becomes immortal. Uh, he wants to fight Kashern on his own ability, which seems a very reasonable shonen rival thing. Yeah, as well though.
0: I mean, like, but it's reasonable because his character has all his character it's, it's is, his is a character. very honorable character. Yeah. So he he feels like overcoming the immortal is a much. Better idea than becoming immortal to beat the immortal. Right. um And so he ends up bringing, Ka- getting Cashern and having their fight, and he gets a nice hit in and goes, "I've won." And Cashern kind of accepts.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, because in and, and Dio effectively dies there from the ruin. And but before he does, he says to go save Leda, and Kasher, uh meets up or finds Leda after she's very far gone, but uh tells her to go uh, tells her of Dio and what happened, and she goes to go find Dio. Yeah,
1: she regains just enough of her sanity to go find him and die in his arms.
0: Yeah, and uh. The rest of the party all goes, we don't need your immortality. We're going to go live our lives to the fullest. And they go find a nice, sunny, flowery area with a house. And, the beach. and a beach. And a be near the beach. And they uh, live out the rest of their lives. We get the last episode, which is a lot of emotions about oh my God. Leo Zay's death and uh, OG dying. and
1: uh, OG's speech at the start of the episode or right before he dies yeah oh my god i couldn't handle it
0: i mean i was crying from like moment one when i saw the because i knew the scene i knew the area like i remembered okay this is like this is where a lot of sad happens and it's not like characters dying to like big momentous fights it's literally
1: them dying of natural causes yeah
0: watching the death of old age or death of sickness and Mm -hmm. it's like it's it it hurts but it's of but you feel better that that's the way that we got their send-offs
1: yeah because og is talking about how he's always been trying to do right by ringo yeah with every decision and how eventually that's what's made him happy is Taking care of Ringo, and then the next thing you see is him just bent over on the table when Ringo comes in to bring him a gift.
0: Yeah. And then the next thing we have is Liuze and Casher and having a good conversation, and you can tell like this is this is Liuze's. This is this
1: is the end of Liuze.
0: Yeah. Uh, Luckily, we don't have to deal with watching the dog die. That probably would have broken me a lot a oh, lot more. God. <laughs> uh. But uh uh Cashern after Liuze and uh, OG die, she, he 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 leaves Friender and uh um uh Ringo? Ringo to stay there while he goes and finishes one last thing, which is he goes and reminds Luna what de uh, that he is the death that will come for them if they ever forget what death is
1: after beating the tar out of braking boss yeah
0: after destroying Breiking boss and the entire army that he had yeah,
1: he just utterly pummels the entire army that braking boss had because braking boss had kind of taken over Luna's castle yeah uh, but then yeah he comes through destroys the army that Breking boss had gathered uh. Destroys Breaking Boss like one punch, rips open his entire body. Yeah. Great shot. Uh, And then tells Luna, you're going to heal. I am death. Yeah. I am here. You're going to heal everybody that asks for it and only people that ask for it. And if anybody forgets what it means to live, I will be here.
0: Yeah. And it was a very very good moment, and then we get the flash forward to Ringo now, kind of like, teenagery. Yeah. And she still got Fender with her, and she's just saying how, the the at the time where or when everybody feels like she does, she'll get to see Casher again. Yeah,
1: because she the that was the last time she'd seen Casher, was when he left her.
0: Yeah, and it's just a bitter a bittersweet ending it's a happy-ish ending
1: Mm. it's an ending it's the entire series is there to remind you of humanity yeah remind you of your humanity and it does a very very good job of that I don't know that it's exactly a happy ending. Or yeah, it's not really a happy ending. It's well Ringo
0: Ringo didn't die. Yeah. But she will live out her li she will live out her life like a normal human being. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the the way that the story is built to kinda of leave it off at is the correct is is the correct way to live your life is to live your life to the fullest and as a human being not as a uh not try to fight being or de- like life yeah because every t- every character that was fighting against life was felt more inhuman than any character that had accepted or was Willing to accept death in their life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. Oh, uh, there was one. Uh, there was an episode where they find Luna's caretaker. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the robot that kind of fell into that area and got stuck... Uh, was definitely fighting the Ruin and was wanting them to bring Luna back so they could be healed. Yeah. Like he was he was fighting life but he was the I really liked that character and I was really hoping he was going to show up again before the end.
0: I mean it's the same thing with the girl that uh wanted to fight uh Kashern Yeah. for her entire episode. Yeah, like she was built up and it felt like she'd maybe come back. But I think the problem was was like they probably wrote that episode very early on and then when they realized how much how many episodes it would take to finish it out they were like we can't we can't close all the open endings that we left for mm-hmm. people to have so we have to choose the characters that fit best for the story that we have which was well dune's going to fit because dune is directly yeah dune tied. is
1: supposed to be luna's bodyguard
0: but like we can't do anything with this girl we can't do anything with the person that from the second friender episode like we have to we have to cut our losses where we can on some of these characters yeah we i don't think we could do anything with the songstress because she doesn't die at the end of her episode right uh which one is the songstress uh she's the one that was traveling around with casher and she would sing to the people to give them to the robots to give them kind of hope and casher would be defending her from all the i
1: kind of remember her yeah um there's also the bell lady
0: Bell lady too she she got but her character arc finished. yeah she actually got her full
1: character arc in that episode uh that was that might have actually been my favorite episode that it was, was just really a, good beautifully done like her realizing that she doesn't need the physical thing to be able to do what she wanted anyways
2: yeah
0: all right so uh i think that's a decent amount plot time let's try to speed through these uh animation and music animation was gorgeous uh Remember roommate did point out that uh,
1: anytime they were frustrated with having to draw Cashin's hair, they're like, yeah, he's just got his hood up.
2: Yep.
0: <laughs> uh, there's also the point of most of the time you don't actually watch impacts. It always camera shot to the so like the camera was would always go like somebody does a flip mm-hmm. when they're coming in for a hit and then it would flash to the, uh you would hear the, it would flash to the thing and you just see like a fist go through, but you never watch like a character from it. This from one camera angle, just punch a person through. Yeah. But I think that was kind of more of the
1: stylization. Yeah, it was a stylistic choice. Yeah. Uh, much like there's a lot of the uh, female robots, are their eyes are very anime and a little wide set. Yeah. Like it was, it was just enough to be uncanny valley for a lot of it. Until I realized that that was a trait uh, like because Ringo's not in the story the entire time there's large swaths of it where she's not there, yeah, so it was like noticing the wide set eyes and the extra wide eyes uh, and then Ringo came back and I saw the difference between her design and all of the robot designs, yep and realized what they were doing they were they were
0: giving you the the viewer, the easy way to tell the difference between a human person mm-hmm. and a robot person was look at their eyes.
1: Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't even say easy. Like, that, it felt very Uncanny Valley, which is great because that's what you... That's how you want the robots to feel, and...
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh, all of the
1: animation is so fluid.
0: Music, very good. I think... Uh, it has two, like, insert songs that are used for emotional moments, and Mm -hmm. both of those are fantastic. They're both sung in English, they're they're sung in English by a Japanese person. Yeah. And so, like, not, like, the best English, but, like, it at least sounds better and makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you have the opening, which I like the opening a lot. I loved every moment, every time, like, I could tell when the opening was going to start. It's just, like, silence and then, bam, starts starts yeah. with that. It almost feels like you're starting in the middle of a song, and it's just yeah, really uh, good.
1: I can't decide which opening. So, there's only one opening for the series. There's yeah. two endings, right? Uh, yes. Uh, but... John and I were having trouble deciding if the opening for this or the opening for School Days was the one that was more off with what the actual story is going on. Oh, School both of them Days. Were like, yeah, School Days. Probably School Days, but this one's off. like very pump, like it's pumped up. Yeah. So the uh, the fact that this is an action series still works with it, but it's
0: a pumped up well, action-y like. Uh if you look at the words being said mm-hmm. because because this wasn't one where we actually had subtitles for the uh for the for the lyrics. For yeah. the lyrics. Like the lyrics fit the song fit the show so well that it's like yeah, the upbeat music, but you read the lyrics and you're like, Oh this yeah. is <laughs> this is one hundred percent just the tone of the show in lyric form.
1: Yeah. Lyrically, it matched everything, but like the sound and tone and quality of the music didn't fit with what ended up being the series. And I, I think it actually worked in its favor. Yeah. Because uh, you did need a bit of a break from how bleak that was every <laughs> once in a while, uh, which is the other reason why Ringo was great. Yeah. she She was too bright for that world.
0: All right, think we're we're I think we're now on a ranking, right? Yeah, it sounds reasonable. Yep. So, uh, Rob, what would you give this? I'm gonna give this one a very high A. Very high A. Yeah. I I also feel like it's an A. I know I picked this, and it was I needed a quality palate cleanser, and this was a good quality.
1: This is a very high quality palate cleanser. Yeah. Uh, I think what holds it back from the S for me is some of the dropped story threads uh, and the, the very vignette nature of the episodes for the first chunk, for the first half, first almost two thirds before we actually get to this uh, plot plot. Uh, but everything else was great
0: alright I have clicked the randomizer while you were finishing that up Uh, so we went from one Madhouse anime adaptation to a different uh, Madhouse anime adaptation as our new anime for the next episode is No Game No Life
1: yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> that's kind of on topic too
0: you needed something bright and happy right well, i needed something bright
1: and happy uh, oh thank god i needed something bright and happy uh but also with the uh with recent the fu- news that a, a few other older anime are getting their new you mean seasons
2: the, you
0: mean that no game no life still doesn't have a second season god why does it have a second <laughs> season can we include the movie in this I mean, it's available on streaming, so we can we can talk with that on the uh, on the chat we, with we can the t- other people talk with the
1: other two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this one's available on Netflix.
0: I um, mean, it's available on Netflix. It's available on Crunchyroll. It's available on High Dive. This one's available in a few places. Yeah. Uh, this here, let's go through the quick, the quick ma- my anime list. Uh, uh, s- synopsis. Uh, no Game No Life is a surreal comedy that follows Sora and Shiro, shut in neat siblings and online gamer duo behind the legendary username Blank. They view the, re- the real world just as another lousy game. However, a strange email challenging them to a ga- to a chess match changes everything. The brother and sister are plunged into the otherworldly realm where they meet Tet, the god of games. Mysterious God welcomes Sora and Shiro to Discord, a world where all forms of conflict, from petty squabbles to the fate of the whole of whole countries, are settled through not through war, but by high stakes games. The system works, thanks to a fundamental rule wherein each party must wager something they deem to be of equal value to the other party's wager. In this strange land where the very idea of humanity is reduced to child's play, a uh, the indifferent genius gamers gamer duo Sora and Shiro have finally have finally found a real reason to keep playing games to unite the 16 races this board defeat Tet become gods of this new gaming uh, is everything world. Yeah yeah this is a anime that uh, came out in 2014 that was very 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 high quality. I think the one of the detracting reasons why we won't or I don't know what that com- I don't know what that whole team is doing. I don't I haven't seen them in a bit. I don't know if Madhouse has actually made a whole lot of stuff recently.
1: Maybe they secretly been working on season 2.
0: I mean uh just let me have hope, Matt. <sighs> I will I will tether your expectations to it probably won't be Madhouse doing it, but I hope that the people behind it still do it uh, so yeah this is a very good one I'm excited to re-watch it again <laughs> I watch it a lot um, and I enjoy this series thoroughly so yeah
1: where can we find you?
0: you can find me at uh, AnimeNRD on Twitter and SpellNRD on Twitch twitch.tv slash spell nrd um yeah that's me yeah,
1: and i can be found at vor immortal on twitter and most other social media including twitch with twitch.tv slash uh where i and my roommate have been streaming mondays for the last few weeks and plan to do so for the indefinite future and you can also find me over on major spoilers on the critical hit podcast
0: all right uh well that's it for us uh we will see you Go we will see you next time and hopefully i'm not as bad with uh editing as i've been for the past while all right that'll be it bye bye